Good evening, everybody. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. I love these events. I just became a member of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Chapter not that long ago, probably a month ago. And uh, Randy King has been kind of prodding me in the ribs to get involved. So he finally got me involved. And I'm more than, I'm just humbled and honored to be in front of you tonight and able to share a bit of my story with you. I'm, uh, my name is Matthew Nicholson, like I said before, like, or like Randy said before, and uh, I'm from Williams Lake, British Columbia. I grew up in a home uh, where my dad was a radio broadcaster for most of his life, probably from the time he started getting involved in that when he was 13 years old and did it all the way up till he died at the age of 67 years old from bone cancer. Uh, my mom's a physiotherapist. She's still around. She lives in Wolseley, Saskatchewan. She is, uh, she's been a physiotherapist now. Couldn't tell you how many years. And uh, they raised me in a home where I grew up Catholic. Um, and at the end of grade 7 catechism, they said, Matthew, you have the choice to either continue going to church or you can choose not to. So Nothing against the Catholic Church, but I didn't really care for it that much. Um, so I decided I'd leave it alone. I came out, I grew up with three siblings. Uh, one of them, which lives here in Yorkton, his name's Luke. He, uh, he works for Harvest Meats. I have two sisters who live in BC, Fiona and Emma. Um, and... Uh, after being in Williams Lake for all of my childhood, attending school and, and uh, elementary school, high school, I moved when I was about 18, 19 years old. I went to Langley, BC, which is lower mainland, Fraser Valley kind of area. And um, I went to music school there for a year. And that's when my life changed. Um, I met a couple of guys when I was living there. And uh, one night on a Sunday, they invited me out to church. And um, I believe it must have been divinely directed. Uh, the church I went to with them was called Christian Life Assembly. Uh, that's a Pentecostal church in Langley, BC, quite a large one. They, host a, they hosted a, fa- uh, a very large evangelistic service every Sunday night called Fire and Freedom, and that's what I ended up going to with these guys. And uh, at the end of that, I don't remember what the pastor spoke on. I remember it was really exuberant, really joyful, um, very energetic, very enthusiastic. And uh, one of them turned to me and said, Matthew, you want to go down there? When they gave the altar call. I said, sure, I'll go down. Actually, I just nodded my head instinctively. Like, I pretty much really didn't hesitate. And uh, that's how I got saved. I'm uh, I'm not a, I didn't get saved from, I didn't get saved from drugs. I didn't get saved from alcohol. Uh, I don't have that kind of background. I have a background, uh, where I was kind of like the forethought in school, the afterthought of people in school. I wasn't a popular kid. wasn't popular growing up. I was the, I was the guy they liked to pick on. I was the guy that got chosen last if they were playing basketball or some kind of sport. And uh, my popularity pretty much extended to the point of, uh, you know, if I, if I scored a goal or did something like that in, uh, in playing with playing with the kids at school with sports, I might get this sarcastic round of applause or, you know, that wouldn't have gone in if you actually had some skill, that kind of thing. Um, 
But I, Randy King asked me when I, when I started, when, I, when he asked me to speak, he asked me, so what's one word you'd use to describe your background? What's one word you'd use to say, this is how you grew up? This is, this is, what, this is, what, this is what defines you before you met Christ. And I, I, I told him the word would be adversity. And the bio on the poster said that I've seen a lot of adversity, and it's true. I don't have time tonight to go through all of those situations where I've seen adversity, but I do want to highlight three aspects, three instances in my life where I believe the adversity was um, more than in other circumstances. So I just want to read a scripture firstly before I highlight those areas. Um, And it's out of Exodus chapter 14. Verse 13 and 14, it says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. I'll come back to that in a few minutes. So one of the areas I really saw adversity in uh, when I... Before I got saved, when I was a kid in school and around my neighborhood growing up, I saw a lot of adversity in bullying. Uh, That's a hot-button topic nowadays. Lots of kids nowadays go through bullying in school. I'm not going to stand up here and get on my soapbox about bullying, but I do want to tell you that um, I was name-called, I was laughed at, I was physically abused, I was physically bullied, I was emotionally bullied. I was mentally bullied. I was at times humiliated in front of peers. Um, I was going to, sh- I'll share one quick example with you. Uh, I was on a band trip to, uh, on a band trip to, uh, in, in uh, where were we? We were down, I think we were in Alberta at the time or Southern, actually it was here, Southern BC for a music, uh, in uh, here, Saskatchewan, southern BC, that's where it was, on the lower mainland, in Abbotsford, actually. And uh, there was two groups of us that went on that trip. There was a group of us that were band members, musicians, and there was a group of people who went down for a sports tournament, football tournament or a hockey tournament or something, that were also on the trip. So we were all separated. We were all boarded up in in, uh, different homes that had volunteered to take us. And uh, I spent my time mostly with some of the athletes that had gone down on the trip, not with the musicians. And um, I was in the same house as a couple of guys who had I was pretty familiar with because they bullied me when we were at school. And um, one morning, uh, we slept in the basement of this big house. One morning, I was in the bathroom getting ready to have a shower or a bath to get cleaned up for the day. And I was bent over the bathtub, turning on the water. Not dressed. Stark naked. I left the door unlocked. Thought I could have complete privacy by doing that. One of the guys flinged open the door. Bent over the bathtub, turning on the water, and I'm stark naked. That does something to someone's conscience, to someone's psyche, right? That was very embarrassing. Everybody laughed. Everybody was quite amused by it, except me. I think that was probably the moment where I really became nervous about being in the same change room or being around people when I'm getting changed, putting on different clothes. 
Uh, I've had objects thrown at me. I remember one time in grade seven, I was sitting in my desk, minding my own business, having my lunch, and one of the neighbors next to me threw a giant orange and hit me in the side of the head. So I was not the popular kid in school, and I wasn't the popular kid in my neighborhood either. Most of the bullying I endured happened at school, but you know what? I found out after moving to Langley when I got saved, because all that happened before I knew Jesus. I found out when I went to Langley and got saved in, in prior, prior time after that, I was popular with the one who mattered the most, Jesus. He always had me on his mind and his heart. Even before I knew him, I didn't need to worry about being rejected after I knew Jesus. It took a while to get to that point. And the reason I didn't need to worry is because I'd already been accepted. He knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb, the Bible says in Jeremiah. I also saw adversity and division. Uh, my parents, my parents divorced when I was uh, 13, 14 years old. And um, that was about 1993, 94. And so my mom dealt with four kids, me, my brother, and my two sisters on her own for a number of years. Uh, and uh, at times she pulled her hair out. She lost her cool, never abusive. And uh, I saw my dad every other weekend. He moved out of the house, went to live at um, a cabin that they, his side of the family had on a lake in, in, that, area the, in that area of uh, where we lived. And uh, that's where he lived. And so we'd see him every other weekend and on Mondays. My mom eventually remarried. She remarried an alcoholic, which was very difficult. I'd never been around an alcoholic. It made me nervous made me uncomfortable. Um, he had two kids of his own, which we met, and we, they came down to visit every once in a while. They lived in Prince George. And, but he, the one thing that, and this kind of ties into the, the, the bullying thing and um, the things I dealt with in terms of rejection, uh, he had two kids of his own, and he, they lived in Prince George, and every once in a while they'd come down to visit, but they would they would be placed on a higher level than my, me and my four siblings. He would cater them more so than he catered to my, me and my four siblings, which I guess you can't really blame him for because they're his kids. But he married my mom and my mom had us. So in fact, we were partially his responsibility. And, uh, but that hurt. He seemed to favor his own kids more than us. And that I had to deal with, that I had to accept, that, that I had to overcome. And he wasn't always very nice to my mom, but he was never abusive. And uh, he spent a lot of nights actually not coming home from work. He lived, worked for the forest industry, and he used to go to the bar after work and get drunk and end up staying the night at some friend's house. And then he'd come home the day later after work. And he'd have to apologize to my mom. And I remember one day, one year at Christmas time, we were all there sitting on the couch. He wasn't there. She said, Matthew, she said, to all me and my siblings, she said, I'm so sorry for what I put you through. So sorry for marrying, basically marrying that man that was an alcoholic. And uh, we forgave her. We don't hold it against her. 
But, you know, I came to understand after coming to know the Lord that um, in him there is no division. There's no division in God. There's no division in Jesus Christ. He is one with the Father. He's one with the Holy Spirit. He's one God. And uh, an event such as divorce may be an earthly reality today, but a heavenly reality that transcends today is that there is no division in him. He is peace. He is unity. He is both father and mother. He can be both father and mother to you. That's Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He's constant. There's that song that says, Upon the solid rock I stand. The solid rock is him. He never changes. That, sol- that rock has not changed in 3,000 years plus. I also faced adversity in addiction. And like I said before, I wasn't addicted to drugs. I wasn't addicted to uh, alcohol. What I was addicted to was pornography. I probably had my first glimpse of pornography when I was 13, 14 years old, early teenage years. Um, As you know, pornography leads into other areas as well. You begin to understand that you have certain parts of your body for a reason. I carried on through my school years, even in Bible college, which I went to for five years, if I didn't mention that before. Spent five years in a Pentecostal Bible college. And it progressed even into my married life. And it was even present when we moved here to Saskatchewan two years ago. It was my biggest struggle coming into coming to Saskatchewan. It kept me a lot from being close to the Lord. I often had feelings that the Lord had completely left me. That he no longer loved me because of that addiction because it was so it was strong. There were times when um it wasn't just, you know, one of those situations where you did it because you were under so much temptation. Sometimes it's just, you know, it was a way for me, sometimes a relieving stress, so I just did it. And it's only since moving to Saskatchewan, uh, if you count, actually if you count from the time I started until the time, until up until coming to Saskatchewan, it's probably been about 15 years. But I can honestly say and I give all the credit to the Lord that I'm overcoming it step by step. It's becoming less and less and less every day. In fact, it's a lot less than it used to be. Um, only since moving to Saskatchewan have I seen victory in that area of my life. And Jesus has been so faithful. You guys, if you're here tonight, today or tonight and you're not saved, you have to understand. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it or how many times you will do it. He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. I experienced that with my pornography. No matter how many times I stepped into pornography, every one of those times he pulled me out. 
And if it wasn't for him pulling me out, I wouldn't have a marriage. If it wasn't for the fact I married a very loving and forgiving wife, I wouldn't have a marriage. This is my wife over here, Leona. Pornography was a strong addiction, but there was something stronger than an addiction. It was the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus wasn't, or pornography wasn't power enough, powerful enough to render his blood ineffective. There is no sin in your life that is powerful enough to keep you from being saved by his blood. There's no sin powerful enough to keep you from being saved by his blood. His blood can break any sin. His love can restore any sinner. His love restored me. His love continues to restore me. In this walk with Christ, I'm not perfect. I'm in process. See, the Lord... The Lord sees us as perfect after we get saved. Did you know that? He sees us as perfect after we get saved. That is our position before him. All he asks of us after we get saved is that we continue to pursue that perfection. And that's all I've been trying to do since I got saved in 2000. That was the year I got saved. I want to go back to this scripture for a second. I read Exodus 14, verse 13 and 14, and Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. I believe believe that uh, the Lord wanted me to share with you tonight that if you're going through adversity tonight, your adversity is your opportunity for victory. Your adversity is your opportunity for victory. My victory is only through Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to achieve victory over your adversity is through Jesus Christ. If we strive to find victory in our own strength, we will always fail. You will never overcome a pornography addiction on your own strength. Never. Israel had their backs against the Red Sea. What did they do? They stood, saw, and experienced the salvation of our God. I have stood, seen, and experienced the salvation of my Lord. By the way, that word salvation actually means Jesus. It actually means the one who died on the cross for you. My question is, have you stood, seen, and experienced the salvation of the Lord. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here tonight. Bless you.